0: The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Welcome back to The Money Show. It's time for Shapeshifters now. Every week, uh, The Money Show uh, Bruce Whit- with uh, Bruce Whitfield uh, hosts a business person who has shown an ability to adapt to their conditions. Today's shapeshifter is Dr. Terence Sibia, Group Managing Executive of NetBank Africa Regions. Dr. Sibia is currently the Group Managing Executive at NetBank. He is responsible for leading and managing the SADEC-owned and managed businesses and the investment in EcoBank EcoBank Transactional Incorporated to ensure that they grow and achieve the key strategic objectives of building scale, increasing market share, as well as proving Africa's business um uh, uh quality that is and we're going to be speaking to him now terence sibia uh, is our shapeshifter that is a mouthful uh terence but where did your beginnings uh, start uh so to speak you know where were you playing around uh, as a kid before you even thought about investment banking
1: <laughs> good evening uh, mateo and good evening to the 702 listeners it does sound like a mouthful but uh Ultimately, I'm a humble servant of the people trying to make a difference on the continent. That's all I am. Um, It all began uh, in Eswatini, actually, where I was born and raised. I went to primary school and secondary school there and completed uh, my high school in Eswatini before being afforded an opportunity to then study abroad. And I did my entire tertiary education in the United States Uh I did what was called the 424 program. I did four years of undergraduate, two years of master's, and then four years uh, of doctoral studies in the United States before I returned back to uh, this part of the world.
0: Now, give us that story. How uh, did you as a young uh, man in Eswatini, you know, um, get the opportunity to go and study abroad and, you know, give yourself a culture shock? So I come
1: from a family that uh, prided itself in its belief in education. Uh, my mother was a teacher and my father's all, my humble beginnings also in education. So education for us was ultimately the guiding light that could uh, help us uh, through and guide us through our lives throughout. So we were truly inspired by our parents and I owe uh, a lot of gratitude to them. So throughout my academic and uh, indeed professional uh, career, I've never stopped learning and never stopped being curious about how the world works, what makes the world tick. And uh, banking became another one of those uh, areas of curiosity that has defined my more recent uh, career. Mateo?
0: So take us back to the Terence in school. I mean, uh, you saying your parents always valued education, but uh, you know, When you went to school and your parents weren't there, were you raising your hands in class or were you at the back of the class causing trouble?
1: (laughs) I sat at the front of the class. I volunteered to help the teacher uh, carry the books from time to time. I was always uh quite academically inclined and curious uh in, in, in school. I was well behaved, quite uh into sports as well. I played uh, soccer as it were, football as it's known in other parts of the world, and quite uh involved in the school uh extracurricular activities, whether it was environmental science, whether we were planting in nature planting indigenous trees and in nature reserves, and then also um Uh, quite interested in the arts and and, and culture throughout school. So I was quite an active uh, young child, while of course academics were important and I focused on that as my grounding, I also did try and expand my uh, curiosity towards other areas outside of academics like sports, arts and culture.
0: You had a very balanced life uh, in school. That also explains, you know, your trajectory uh, to the U.S. But tell us about that application to go and study in the U.S. and uh, how you felt when you you got that letter that confirmed that you'd be going abroad to further your studies.
1: I could have never in in my wildest dreams imagined that the opportunity would come. And I, as, as I say, I do owe the gratitude to the guidance of my parents and and people that uh, we we were surrounded by, who all surprised an academic uh, career and a focus in academics. So when that letter of acceptance came, really my heart skipped a beat, and uh, I couldn't, I didn't even know what to expect. Uh, I had I'd been accepted into university for a computer programming. Uh, degree and um, that that was then uh, the beginning of uh, understanding how the world can become your oyster if you focus your efforts around uh, what opportunities the now, but perhaps more importantly, what it can uh, do for your future if you uh, get a good uh, a good education and exposure. In in my in my world now, beyond uh, what I knew in Swaziland in South Africa, for that matter,
0: now you had to shift from being a young diligent man in eswatini and uh, you, you know you fly over to the united states you you get there what's your first impression of your place are you under pressure are you excited what's happening in your mind as you further your dream
1: Going through my mind, first and foremost, was I'm so far away from home. What if something happens to me here? Who am I going to uh, go running to? There's no uncles, there's no aunts, there's no neighbors that have become accustomed you to. But I was in safe hands because there were other students there that were from uh, South Africa, from uh, Botswana, from uh, Kenya. And so we quickly uh, coalesce around each other and support each other because we're all far, far away from home. So there's a fairly decent support system in the, and the transition uh, into the American education system uh, was relatively smooth for me. So for, for uh, all intents and purposes, I was able to quickly settle down Focus on the task at hand, and still continue to play sports for the university. Continue to uh, to continue to explore other areas outside of the pure academic scholarship that I was now on, and that's what carried me through. Because the kind of individuals then and networks that I began to form uh, were were lifelong ones in terms of uh, my fellow students and other uh, uh, other areas of my then university career that was exposing me to all different parts of the U.S. Uh, primarily because I was playing for the the university soccer team, so that got us to travel uh, across uh, the entire United States and made lots of friends, and I was quite comfortable
0: we often build uh you know character through situations like this you left to fend off uh, on your own you were previously with your parents and i'm sure they kept you on the straight and narrow how did you keep that discipline um you know at the time with this big opportunity that you've got to study in the u.s how did you make sure you didn't drop the ball
1: it was quite simple i was quite clear in my mind why i was there so i was and and i was privileged to have been afforded an academic scholarship. So that was my ticket. And I I would never, uh, ever think to to risk the opportunity that I've been given. I was humbled by the opportunity that I would have been selected to go study under this kind of academic uh, support and financial support. So that was quite clear. I spent an enormous amount of time in the library. I would always make sure that I work hard, focus on what uh, the task at hand is, uh, keep my uh, grade point average at acceptable levels. Uh, but at, at, at the same time, also, you know, I had the motto, I can never uh, play hard and, and have fun unless I've really worked hard ahead of time. So it was uh, just a self-discipline and, and the ability to focus on why you are there first and foremost, and and to be humble about an opportunity that many others uh, would die for would kill for.
0: Then you shift your mind from doing uh, the information and decision systems at the varsity and uh, uh, IT, and you look into saying, you know, I'm going to go into the banking sector. When does that decision happen? Because this is where you really excelled in your career, just... You know, just went fast and went up. So when did you realize that you know what? I'm gonna take my qualifications and I'm gonna go into banking.
1: Banking comes a little bit later. Upon my return from the U.S. after having spent ten years there, I spent a good two two and a half years doing what I what I what what actually uh, I, I I think began and reinforced the grounding in me. That ability to, to have a purpose and to be able to give back in, in, in a way. It would have been easy perhaps to stay in the U.S. with those qualifications at that time. Uh, typical jobs in IT, jobs in computer uh, programming were, were, were easy to get. But the need for, for me to be able to have a meaningful influence in where I came from, whether it's humble beginnings in Swatini or in the Southern African uh, subcontinent, I came back and and worked with like-minded individuals to put uh, computers into schools because one thing that was obvious to me uh, having grown up in the US at the time was that um, particularly secondary school uh, children in my part of the world where I came from were worlds apart in terms of exposure to information technology versus their counterparts and peers in the US that I'd come to to uh, become accustomed to so i spent a good two years working with uh, some uh, excellent donors and people that were supporting a cause that would allow me to put Free computers and get uh, some computer literacy across not just Eswatini, but in it evolved in, and and uh, into many parts of some of our more rural provinces in Eastern Cape, Northern Cape, Kwazulu Natal, and Limpopo. Just really building capacity at the school level and where necessary even at the public service level in order to connect system for people to be able to get uh, a higher level of computer exposure to give them half and a fighting chance to compete in this global village that was now being largely driven by information information systems and uh, data, as well as computer literacy. So I did that for a good two years before I even went into banking. Okay.
0: A shapeshifter with a mission, Dr. Terrence uh, Sabia, speaking to us. Of course, he's a group managing executive at NetBank. We'll pick up that conversation after this. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. We continue our shape-shifter conversation with Dr. Terence Sibiya. He's the Group Managing Executive at NetBank, and he covers their, their Africa regions. Now, Terence, you have a qualification. You've come back from the United States. you come back home, and you're using your qualification to change the lives of others. But who changes your life at that particular point by getting you into the banking sector?
1: Mateo, I am a firm believer in mentorship as I'm a beneficiary of it. An old professor of mine, uh, Dr. David Crossman, uh, God bless his soul, uh, was my mentor. And he was the one who would have presided over my doctoral studies. That was my supervisor. And we became, uh, we had a, men- a mentee and mentorship relationship that stood me uh, in-, in good stead. He once said to me when I was at a crossroads after having done the Computers for Education um, project, uh, said to me, if you're ever to understand and get a good feel for how the world really works, there are two things or two areas that you ought to really get under your belt. One is oil, and the second is treasury, as he said, or uh, interpreted to mean how that, how oil is so important to the global uh, geo, geosphere. And then obviously treasury, how money works. And that stuck with me. And my first, corporate job beyond what I did with the computers for education was actually in oil. I joined Total, uh, South Africa at the time, and spent an enormous amount of time rotating between different divisions, whether it's upstream uh, in in terms of how oil, how a drop of oil is converted at a refinery right down into our our, um, petrol pumps and into our various vehicles. And then also understanding the retail side of oil and the retail side of the business of oil and gas and i learned an enormous amount of time amount of um uh, learned an enormous amount at my time at Total South Africa before I was then approached by uh, Standard Bank uh, at the time um, there was a transition from Standard Bank becoming, uh, in this case, Standard Corporate Merchant Bank SCMB to what became uh, Corporate and Investment Bank. And I was approached by them uh, to join a small group of young uh, individuals that could form a part of a development of sorts and could be mentored through investment banking. And that was my first step, Matteo, into banking at Standard Bank uh, uh, as... As a non-banker, I felt accepted because typically you would think I should have been a chartered accountant or an MBA, yes. but I came through a completely different route um, and came in really fresh, but with an eye for, um, for business and also an eye for making a difference uh, using um, financial services.
0: And how did you find that move, you know, from the oil industry that you were clearly enjoying yourself in and also learning a lot from it, to be pulled into banking and the numbers and the crunching of numbers and also, you know, the the dealing with uh, uh, retail consumers that are banking uh, with these financial services uh, companies?
1: Uh, Mateo, as a natural uh, sponge for knowledge um, and the program of integration, exposure and rotation that I was given, it was an easy transition because at the time, I think there was there was a lot for me to learn. I All I would have known going into the bank at the time was a branch and maybe an ATM here or there. I didn't understand uh, anything much about investment banking, about how credit works. Project finance, structured finance, acquisition and leveraged finance worked. But um, through rotation and exposure and just really shadowing some amazing uh, bankers at the time uh, who were more than happy to give me exposure. And by the same token, my ability to humble myself uh, despite all my academic qualifications, but just humble myself and want to learn the whole entire business of banking and financial services. And so I I really slowed down and took stock of the whole uh, opportunity that I now had to learn what private equity is, what corporate finance is, how you, you transition a client from the first time they need some kind of financing to an actual deal that you structure that for me uh, was a massive learning curve, but because I had the the, the, the initial disposition uh, and humility to learn, it became a much easier journey uh, as I transitioned throughout the various corners of investment banking.
0: Let's go back now to the U.S. Yes, you, you get into, into banking, but the U.S. comes calling again. You are part of U.S.-based Aurora Associates uh, International and you an uh, executive project manager there for the multi-million dollar U.S. aid funded ICT networking and connectivity project that was going to help the Southern African region. Was this a, a project close to your heart? And just tell us how, you know, how big of a task it was.
1: Yeah, so that was almost uh, unfinished business from my previous life in computers and connectivity. So I was approached for a short-term uh, short-term project that was USAID funded uh, alongside the government of South Africa to assist in uh, working with a few other key stakeholders like the state IT agency, or CETA as they're more commonly known as, to assist them with connectivity, particularly now at uh, their various districts in, in the various provinces to connect to the broader transversal Systems like Peresal, so teachers could get paid on time and and uh, and uh, receive uh, uh, their their pay timely and indeed the, all the data that they would require for their personnel files. And so that project was a, quite a specific intervention that I was approached for to run as project manager. And I was privileged again to work with some amazing people in the public and the private sector to pull that over, pull that off over a period um, of about nine months before I could then return back into into corporate life.
0: And let's talk about that return to corporate life, you know. Uh, you know how does this shape shift the deal? with you know a panel interview at banking level at an investment banking level i'm i'm sure those are stringent um you know very tough uh, interviews you know you walk in there as a born leader and you know you you want to take on this industry how do you win uh you know those kind of uh, boards over and those kind of panels over you know i've always thought you know the guys at the very top get get the toughest interviews so when you walk in uh who is Terence Sabia in that in that room
1: <laughs> Terence Sibia is a, a youngster walking in with a uh, bright eye, but with a firm, uh, f- firm drive to learn in the first instance. But secondly, many who have worked with me understand that I'm driven by the, I'm driven by the strength of my own convictions. If I believe in, in what uh, the purpose of why I'm there and the purpose of what the opportunity in front of me can do to change the lives of people and to use financial services to do good, then that'll come through in how I interview, in how I present myself. And I understand that I have a firm grounding academically. So that's that's fine. That's firm and I'm comfortable with who I am and I'm comfortable with uh, and confident with who I am. So you can throw any question at me if the strength of my convictions uh, are, are purposeful, It becomes easier for them for me to transition from one career to another because ultimately it's the core of who I am in terms of being purposeful, uh, quite uh, convictive in what I apply my mind to, particularly if it makes a difference to people around me.
0: Now uh, quickly, Terence, you now at NetBank, you've got a strong hold on uh, the SADC region and uh, your leadership there are proving to be quite advantageous in terms of digital uh, banking in Africa. When everyone was saying they're worried about the brick and mortar uh, branches, you're saying, no, actually COVID is an opportunity. Tell us how you've led the company uh, so far.
1: Thanks. That's a very good question. And again, uh, I'm I'm humbled by the opportunity at NetBank to be leading an amazing group of people um, in the Africa region's business on the one hand, but then part of a broader group executive structure that also has a strong conviction around purpose and how NetBank uses financial expertise to do good. So what uh, COVID did for us was really accelerate um, and push through products that would um, only, re- not only respond to changing customer needs, because now yes. all of a sudden, because of various lockdowns, there were no branch visits. There was, there was no ability for us to interact face to face with clients and to push everything digital. Technology, the technological platforms were solid. They showed tremendous resilience. And most of our clients then were quickly and in an accelerated way pushed into our digital platforms. And that meant for us a tremendous shift away from the mindset of bricks and mortar into what we see unfolding in front of our very own eyes. And I, I noted the, the the conversation on AI. We are also using AI within the bank to to give our clients a particular experience as they interact with NetBank on our various digital platforms across the continent.
0: And that's what a shapeshifter does. That was Terence Sibia, Group Managing Executive for NetBank Africa region, telling us about his hold on the bank in terms of the SADC region, but also telling us about him being a born leader uh, with a, a social entrepreneurship at heart as well. And that will be The Money Show tonight. Do join us tomorrow for more Money Conversations.